so we're, we're here today to talk about getting started with meditation and uh, uh, perhaps <laughs> perhaps I could ask you to kick off Liam as, as our show guest today <laughs> okay I was your show guest last week <laughs> <laughs> it's because we love you Liam <laughs> um yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a relevant theme for me at the moment. I feel like I don't know about the two of you, but I I, I definitely come in. I've been going in waves. I think recently with um, my own practice, you know, there's like mm, these periods mm. of like pretty intense uh, daily practice, especially on on retreat. But then I think after coming, I, I remember one time being on retreat, it was like a short weekend retreat and someone uh, was, yeah, he said, oh, it was my first retreat that I went on and, uh, you know, I wasn't, he's, he was like, I wasn't drinking alcohol, I wasn't um, eating all this junk food and I was meditating mm. all the time on this retreat uh, and then he said the first thing he did when he came back uh, to his, you know, came off of retreat and back home, he said mm. he just he just binged on everything. He was like drinking, yes. he was eating yes. junk food, and he was like just going in reverse. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's this sort of similar cycle that plays out, uh, you know. Yeah, from like really intense practice, and then after that, just kind of really just not bothering and <laughs> stepping away from the practice. And now it's yeah, yeah. yeah. you know. So I I feel like yeah. this podcast is. Uh, uh, yeah, it's almost like a signal. Okay, it's time to like get back <laughs> into the practice some more. Um, so it's a good topic. I actually thought about that exactly today. I was thinking if we're having on, you know, other other guests and we're talking constantly about meditation, it's yeah. absolutely vital that our practice is solid. So I completely agree with you, Liam. Yeah, I, I would add to that that it's. I don't know formal practice is a thing right and we, we all get kind of a bit attached to it I think that oh you know I've done my meditation today I'm fine yeah everything's cool or like oh I haven't you know I'm a bad person and <laughs> I'm slacking on my <laughs> do you know what I mean and I, I'm trying to make more space in life for just to acknowledge all the other kinds of meditation that, that I do as well you know like just just sitting in a bath that, mm. that's that, that's it being I'm, I'm starting to sort of understand better how big a thing that is for me that I can just sit in a sit in a bath with no nothing you know that I, I I sort of make a a mini ritual out of it in that I will have nothing added to that I don't bring a book I, I mean some people do and that's fine but I just don't bring a book I just stare at the wall basically and sometimes I'll, I'll change the lights and make it kind of real dark, and I'll just ah, and that's that's my meditation, and 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 that's fine. Like, what you know, why devalue it? Because I didn't do it like a formal practice. For sure, I, and I think you know when you start doing a ritual like that, so ritual being something you take on quite regularly, that begins to open up the scope for it being a formal practice in that sense because. Yeah, it takes yeah. on another element every time you do it, and I I think exactly that uh, how we see formal practice as only just sitting. But um, I was speaking to uh, someone about it the other day, where even just like movement based practices aren't even acknowledged as much. So let's say you, you do yeah, yoga yeah. or tai chi or even just walking, but we would say that would be like walking practice, you know, rather than like a sitting practice, which everyone thinks to be a bit more like formal sometimes. Um, so the more that we can expand the scope of what we allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to say is, okay, well, this is me still practicing meditation yeah. Yeah. because I'm completely absorbed in it and I'm present here. I think that's enough and that in itself is a practice for us to keep um, reiterating it and bringing it home. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I think the the whole point of formal practice is so that it just spews over naturally into informal practice. And I think, yes. mm. oh yeah, when Bill, when you were saying about how you're, when you're just taking a bath, I, I feel like those are, those moments are almost like the, the fruits of meditation where it's, you know, you just have these, these moments of spaciousness and uh, you mm. can kind of allow yourself to, to just be, I, I mm. yeah I, I hear a lot um, yeah teachers kind of recommending when <clears throat> when people do their first like solitary retreats to to not try to pack like <clears throat> really pack the schedule in with um, like a routine or or like you know mm. saying okay nine to ten I'm gonna have meditation and then ten to ten thirty I'm gonna be doing some reading to to just not really try to fill the schedule but to just have a lot of this empty time where you know where you can just just be without any formal mm. practice going and and even that in some ways is a yeah it's, i mean it's definitely a practice maybe it's not formal but it's mm. it's still practice yeah yeah nice it, uh, it's, it's interesting in it the kind of attitude to meditation and uh, i mean there's there's a lovely book um, and I think we mentioned Lauren Roche last time we talked. Yes. Uh, it's called Meditation Made Easy. Great book. It's so good. It, it's, it's so good. It's a funny one, right? That, that title is really off-putting if you've done, you know, retreats and stuff. You're like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's some sort of kiddie thing. But actually, like, a lot of the book is just about attitude towards it. And let, let, let me... Let me read a little bit here because there's a lovely passage that I just sort of keep I keep coming back to recently. Um, it, he's saying that yeah, meditation is an activity of your total being, and you cooperate with it. Your contribution is to create conditions under which it can happen. You are inviting meditation to happen. By the way, you pay attention when you take this approach. Not only is meditation easy, it is effortless. Hmm. And I, that, I mean, that, that to me just, it, it's a completely different perspective on how I learned meditation because I learned it in a very formal way with the, mostly via the Goenka, let's not call it a cult, um, gang. And <laughs> they... they <laughs> Uh, you know, and it, it I, I owe them everything on that level. It was it was very useful to me to to learn via that route. But I'm you know I'm realizing more and more that it's not the only route, and there's that, that actually it's almost like that route is like, okay now sit down and meditate. You know, <laughs> kind of do this, do that. Now you are meditating. You know, and and look at the fruits you have gained. But actually, there's there's you you can't really like do meditation mm. meditation does you yeah or all you can actually do is kind of open the door to it make space for it yeah for sure i there's actually um i i remembered hearing about these two umbrella terms for the different schools within <coughs> within buddhism uh mm. so one one being like this they call it the developmental approach to Buddhism. And then the other one being this more discovery approach. And I, I think that's quite mm. a nice, because a lot of people will probably only ever come across this developmental approach where it's like, okay, yeah, you have to really strive. You have to really work hard mm. and cultivate, cultivate, cultivate. But then mm. the other side of the school is, the, the other school is, um, yeah, it's about, it's just this deeper, deeper, deeper relaxation and, uh, kind of recognizing that there's nothing to do, uh, you know, that you can't actually meditate. And so they, they practice mm. non-meditation. Um, and there's all this different kind of language that's used. And I think according to people's personalities, they might gravitate towards one or the other. I love that. Wow. The discovery approach. And so if it's not so much taught this kind of discover, discovery approach, how, Liam, might you suggest, if someone listening, what you just said piqued their interest, how would you, where would you 
send them to to go search and learn about this a bit more? Oh, um, yeah, I guess it depends how much they, yeah, how, how in-depth they want to go because, yeah, especially if this podcast is about getting started with meditation. <laughs> um, I'm not exactly sure because I, I think a lot of the, yeah, I mean, so just within Buddhism, the schools generally that kind of favor the discovery approach uh, would be like, um, so like within like, even like within Tibetan Buddhism, it's kind of split, uh, between those two approaches. So like the Nyingma school when Dzogchen within Tibetan Buddhism are quite discovery approach. And then Zen is also pretty, uh, skewed towards more discovery rather than, uh, developmental, but probably that's a bit you know, I don't know if those just those topics in general are helpful. Um, I find I think it's just more a focus on relaxation as opposed to, um, I guess maybe this wrong wrong definition of concentration as having to really put effort in uh, is probably the a good place to start. Mm. Bill, do you have anything um, to say on that one? Yeah, I mean, I think that perhaps the 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 sort of challenge with taking a discovery approach is that it's it's an intuitive kind of form mm. that didn't really suit monastic training much. And, and that most of the sort of meditation traditions that we we get from the East that we we are learning today uh, are, um, you, you know, they, they were basically designed to keep 18-year-old boys in line. Uh, uh, so they didn't, like, you know, cavort with <laughs> the, 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 the girls in the local village. So it was all about discipline and and you know, hard training and, you know, like this, this very, cause you, you can't have the boys cavort with the local girls cause then the villagers come and burn down your monastery when one of them gets pregnant. <laughs> and, it, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's like 90% of why the monastic trainings are like they are from, from, from what I've, I've learned about it, that, you know, that there's <laughs> very strict rules because you can't have those young lads mucking about and you, you have to train them like it's a military school, basically, or you've got trouble everywhere and your monastery gets burned down. It's, I think yeah. also just in the same way of like, <laughs> if there isn't a set uh, like curriculum, it might be a bit more yeah. difficult to teach someone something, um, especially if discovery is um maybe a bit more like looser maybe the approach to have something more rigid is easier for just to contain in a space too yeah and i think that's kind of the classic thing of uh, pedagogy or whatever you know this the traditions of teaching have generally been very sort of top-down militaristic styles of training because that's that's the easiest thing to do when you've got lots of young people you want to you want to keep in line and and you know train in a certain way and most education was built to sort of provide useful clerks and soldiers for empires that's like that you know (laughs) it was either (laughs) keeping monasteries in line or later on you know this 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 sort of model of teaching that we got from from prussia was all about building an empire and and a military so yeah, it's obviously much harder to do individualized, or, or at least it's a completely different mindset. I don't know if it's much harder, really, because yeah, I'm not no sure one's done it that. much. In, no, well, no, in Finland, you know, it's, it's a new. Sorry, go ahead. In Finland, they do uh, in their educational system, so they allow the youth to choose what they want to learn, and yeah. it's much more discovery based. Yeah, I hear lots of great things about Scandinavian education models um but yeah yeah Yeah. so so i I don't really know like 
um, the, the only people I do know who are talking about this in, in my, my, you know, my limited research so far, are people like Lauren Roche and who, who, who just really stressed that if you, I mean, he, he came to this position over many, many years of, of being a kind of counselor for people who meditate and, and he would sit and listen to them for for hours and, and help them understand what was working and what wasn't in their current practice. And his take on it was, well, actually it's, it's the, the people who tend to do best are the ones who are not kind of following some rigid formula. I also think um, from who I know, Sarah Blondin, she's probably oh, yeah. not someone who would be mentioned very often in the meditation space. Um, mm. Not because she isn't a great meditation teacher in her own right. She's actually very famous on uh, places like Insight Timer. And, mm. um, but it's just that the style in which she helps others learn is through almost poetic speech mm. and guiding one home to themselves mm. and then that's where she leaves them so she makes an environment which is conducive to be relaxed and be effortless in mm. and She's like a sister I've never had, you know, she's helped me through such difficult times and it's, yeah, it's difficult to say that it would definitely be meditation in that formal sense, but she does like, we like, of course still sit, but it's just a completely different mindset with which we sit. Nice. Yeah. So I would recommend her as someone if, anyone's listening so we can post that after yeah yeah i i i think um another another way i've i've seen that distinction between developmental and discovery is is usually people start with developmental because it kind of also makes sense when you just think about any new skill you're kind of acquiring whether mm. it's piano or um you know another instrument there's this initial phase of okay you have to kind of be quite you know you have to put in quite a lot of effort to to really get going mm. um mm. but then once you've kind of got past that stage then actually to continue progressing um you kind of actually want to just relax more and, and let this sort of um let all of that practice that you've done initially kind of take over so that the practice starts to just have its own momentum and it becomes more and more this effortless um, way of just being. And so I, I, I feel like there's a similar progression in a lot of how these, um, you know, traditional meditation schools would teach uh, the mm -hmm. practice where, mm -hmm. yeah, in the beginning it's like, okay, really strive diligently. <laughs> and then as you kind of get that discipline over and done with, then they focus more on the, Okay, now just drop everything and relax and be effortless. forget everything you learned. <laughs> yeah. mm. Essentially, yes. Mm. Mm. There is no try. <laughs> yeah, I think that it, it's true for to say this with anything, as you said, like piano. But let's take art. All of the most famous artists had generally a really, really strong uh, background in formal. Uh, technique so mm. you take van gogh or you take um picasso each one of them in their earliest drawings you see that they can depict real life exactly but then after what you want to do with it is completely up to you and your choice so yeah for anyone who definitely learns a skill you do make it your own and yeah, I, I, I think that's very similar. Mm, mm. Liam, um, I'm curious to know, uh, I mean, have you, do, do, do people ask you how to get started with meditation? Um, what do you tell them? 
Mm. I think what we've been covering so far about yeah, this more this folk the the the, the attitudes uh, are definitely important, and mm. I, yeah, I mean, I guess general tips would that that I you know I I also tend to I definitely followed these in the beginning, and I I still do for the most part. Uh, would be things like, you know, you, yeah, like a ten-second formal practice is actually fine, and I sometimes mm. do that. Where okay, if I've had a really hectic day and I haven't been able to sit like a full you know whether it's 20 minutes or a full hour or something like that i'll just do i'll just set a timer for like a minute uh mm. or even less sometimes and and that's it like and then i because i i think it's also important to to get that streak i i feel like there's something about that continuous streak even if it's just a 10 second formal practice that can be really mm. helpful for maintaining that habit um and yeah so that's kind yeah. of what i like to do uh with keeping it just super minimal i actually love that and i definitely stress to newer students that i teach that sometimes so it's from uh i think i initially learned this one from chad Meng tan um who was the original founder of Search Inside Yourself. Mm. And he said to his friend who wanted to learn, um, how can I start? And he just said, just do it by taking one full present breath. And so his friend started doing this, but being an overachiever, he just started you know, increasing that momentum. <laughs> and I, I think what you say Liam about having a streak or how I, I might put it is like just being able to maintain this habit in whatever sense, like however short it is, it doesn't matter. So that as we build momentum, the time doesn't really matter. And it's much easier to increase time after something has already become quite habitual Mm, it's yeah, in the, the same essence of like when you first start teaching a child to brush their teeth like they don't like it like you know sometimes they'll just like run away and go to bed uh before but that daily two minutes of brushing their teeth twice a day accumulates to so much the difference being that if they they i think i worked it out the um one of the other weeks that it's about like 65 minutes or something a month. So if you went for like a regular mm. teeth clean, that's about a similar time, but your teeth would be absolutely ruined by then. Or if you look at it in another sense, how doing very little frequently makes a massive difference mm. is how I, I like to see it. Yeah, And that's... it's the same, I think, with uh, formal meditation practice. Yeah, there's a nice. there's a great. Um, I think he has an email course now uh, called uh, Tiny Habits. I don't know if the two of you have mm. heard of that, but it's just great. I mean, it's not meditation specific, but just the uh, yeah the the lessons on habit formation and and actually how to form a habit through these like yeah these tiny behavior changes uh, is is gold. It's yeah, it's a great great resource mm, i think nice. that's the number one um question that i get they say okay well now i know like this plethora of different meditation techniques i just find it very difficult now to remember to have to do it mm. so it's often the when you remember then you can do your one minute you know like but when you first start something sometimes it needs that formality so that you can come back to it. And often they say with new habits to link it onto something you already do as a habit so that you can mm. remember. So if it's brushing your teeth, then you might just stand for a minute and you might just take a breath. Or if you come home and 
the first thing you do is put down your keys, you might just stand there a little longer to bring yourself back into a state where you like have put work away. So I think that habit attachment is very, very helpful. Mm, nice. So maybe we can have a little brainstorm now, maybe coming up with a few of when you might do that to a habit. Anyone want to go? Yeah, I mean, it could be as simple as, you know, having a lie down, like you say, after work, just, just lie on the floor and, you know, put your knees up, stare at the ceiling five minutes that kind of thing yeah yeah or after a bath you know just to just to, to take a moment to 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 breathe and let your thoughts run wild yeah in in the tiny habits uh uh course they they talk about uh recipes you can create these recipes where yeah you find like uh after i take my first uh, bite of breakfast uh, I will take one mindful breath so that's like a tiny habit recipe uh, I think there's yeah I mean because there's so many of these some of them also quite unconscious habits that that I you know that I, I know I have as well um, that I can probably link uh, with a new practice um, and some of them like just super simple like when I leave uh the front door uh you know send loving thoughts to two friends you know something like that yes mm. or as you enter on the way to work even though most of us are not going on the way to work anymore as soon as you see someone the first person you see you send them a warm wish or you can do it to your entire train or bus, whoever's on there. Nice. So um, I'm getting started with meditation. Help, help me out here. What do I, what do, <laughs> I do? <laughs> I, I might often say initially, actually, what is the function that you want to have because there are so many different meditative practices what is mm. most important to you so someone might come to me saying like they're often really stressed out so they just want to calm down a bit more and they want to relax mm. others might say they want to focus better others say they um maybe want to be more skillful with other people um mm. others just might say for general health or just for clarity so i might mm. push them into a direction to say okay well this exercise might be helpful for you to initially start exploring with and see how you go with that and then often just they'll they might come back and then um develop further on what they might have found difficult or what they what other exercises might uh suit them to within the same sphere nice so i think it really depends um and maybe we can either write out some later on or uh yeah so for example for a concentration practice you can just do simple breath work either counting to 10 or you might um be just noticing sensations within a particular part of the body or just um, feeling and recognizing the flow of your, your breathing in the form of sensations. You know, something very, very simple just to begin. If you might be doing clarity, I might even say, uh, suggest a journaling practice just free mm. flow of like a mind dump, just allowing for five minutes, continuous mm. writing. Don't like, um, don't stop at all. And if you have nothing to write, just keep writing. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. 
and then reading it over. And a lot of the time when it's on the page, you get a lot of, a lot more distance and perspective from it um, mm. for what else is there? What else did I mention? Um, loving kindness. If you want to have more skillful relations with others, so sending out warm wishes, um, also just maybe bringing that within yourself as well. So even loving kindness to oneself, um, mm. first before actually sending that out to others and another practice, which is like seeing similarities in them. So Bill has a mind just like me <laughs> or Bill uh, likes tennis just like me. Although, yeah. yeah. So the more that we see similarities, the more that we can start associating the other person as being um, like us. And when we put them in our in-group, we can empathize with them better. So I think yeah. if anyone listening has a specific um function or particularity as to why they might want to begin meditating then i think send them in and we can post some stuff out yeah 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 that's a great idea do, do get in touch we're, we're happy to to help we can cover it in another episode and or write back to you mm. sure yeah that's great i i wanted to also add about the loving kindness practice i i yeah i I believe there's actually there was a study. It, it was trying to ask. It was asking what what was the um, like what practice would yield you know like the fastest results, um, mm. and I I think one of them was was uh, was actually loving kindness in, in the sense of how quickly beginners would experience some benefit from the practice, uh, and mm. and I I've actually noticed this on um, like just like beginner retreats that I've run. The, the the one that the practice that people seem to kind of just really have this like like whoa that was like you know something different that I really felt something change there um, mm. is is usually the the loving kindness or yeah the the meta meta practice and and I was, it was funny that I yeah ended up coming across that study that said I oh I I really I can't remember it off the top of my head but it was something about changes I think that's under Tanya Singer. Possibly, yeah. I'll have to dig it up, but you might know more, Jazz. So actually, under her work, she is so... Like, her work is fascinating. Um, and she basically did different studies on how, um, like, when we notice, actually, different meditation practices give different results. And I think for uh, compassion training... Loving kindness actually had the most impact in developing compassion, but also a uh, sense of awareness, uh, bodily and uh, greater self-awareness. And then also, I think, to overall, yes, to overall long-term uh, health, it, it also had the most uh, benefit. And they looked at, I think, just simple concentration practice, I think body scan and... Uh, loving kindness so compassion training actually has a lot of benefits within it so it's like three and one combo mm. Liam I'm curious to know like what what stage of the retreat were you doing that practice on or was it was it a short thing like how, how did that work with the loving kindness yeah oh um the example I, I brought up was was with like um yeah i i'd organize a few of these beginner retreats for mainly just for friends so there were like 15 of us mm. that would kind of get introduced to to mindfulness and uh yeah mindfulness related practices and that was just the one night i noticed that people would comment and say wow yeah that loving kindness practice that really kind of uh shifted something in me you know, after that one, that first day, and usually it was like complete beginners who would come across that practice. And so. Right. So, so were you doing it like at the end of the first day or I'm just trying to get there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Usually at the end of, yeah, it'd be like, I'd usually teach something like mindfulness of breathing first and then 
after that loving kindness practice. Um, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I used to notice on Goenka retreats. I mean, it's it's taught at the end of the course, but it's such a kind of uh, relief at the end. Yeah, of the absolutely. Course, yeah, that sort of practice. Yeah, it's actually interesting the different contexts with uh, in which this practice when it actually is taught in for example a corporate context um for many different teachers that i know people don't actually want to go to that space like maybe in a retreat space it's different like you're more open to it you know that maybe something out of your comfort zone might come up or maybe you're just generally more willing but in a corporate environment they don't actually like loving kindness they they just can't accept and that's that really love is the answer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> love is always the answer. <laughs> I read a, a funny little thing on on the sort of corporate office yesterday. Uh, this this guy Corey Doctorow, in the introduction to his his great book, um, what is it called? In Real Life, he describes the corporate office as um, like a really boring role playing game, like a cosplay. <laughs> this sort of structure where you have to limit your your speech your feelings your dress all in all in kind of line with some sort of um mid 20th century ideal of what an office worker does and feels and thinks (laughs) yeah but i think it's a good point that you raise about people's perception especially corporate culture's perception on on yeah just the word love you know I, i i wonder whether any any mindfulness teachers have had success in maybe even renaming that practice to not include the word love and <laughs> you know because there, there are just ways i i feel like maybe yeah ched ched meng had something like that where he was like just wish two people well or just have think yes think well yeah. about two people right yes. just 10 second practice yeah. Yeah, yeah wishing them well yeah and you don't even have to use the word love and yeah so maybe that's a way to kind of jump into the uh yeah jump past the corporate sort of filter and and also when you name it like compassion practice as well at least it's like a more formal term where you know that you're just trying to help someone else out it's not like loving kindness which maybe has i don't know different connotations in people's minds yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, the language of these things, you know, meta doesn't mean any of the things that we have in the West exactly, for, as I understand it. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like a universal love practice, but, you know, it's, it, all of it just sounds like hippie nonsense, if you, especially if you're in the corporate world. And as a last thing I might say about someone developing a practice, so there are a huge range of apps out there and in my opinion some are better than others Go um, on. i would recommend for someone insight timer before i recommend any others and the reason being is that there are so many um great meditation teachers out there freely mm. um And so you can really come to understand different types of um, formal practices and even just your connection to a teacher, I think is really important. Um, And just the perception of if you like their voice or not, you know, more superficial things that just can help if they have a nice voice and you like that. Um, Yeah. And because they have like tens of thousands of meditations freely, there's something for everyone from like kids to if you are looking at more spiritual based practices to more like um, secular or even corporate practices, like the entire Mm. range is on there and it's well reviewed and rated. So it's not as prescriptive as other apps where, they have only one or two teachers and um, you also have to pay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Inside Time is great. It's also got, you know, I just love the, um, like the little bar charts you get. 
for tracking your practice. <laughs> Uh, it can get definitely, yeah, just that gamified aspect, uh, I find quite useful for, yeah, just whether it's maintaining the streak or like, oh yeah, I got to get another couple of, like another hour this week to hit my targets <laughs> or whatever. It's kind of, yeah, it's definitely useful. It's funny. And I did, I did play with timer, meditation timer sort of apps that would do that for a while. But like lately I've just been like, no. No phones. Just get the damn thing away from me. <laughs> yeah, I actually I, bought a sports yeah. timer just so I didn't have to use my my phone to time things if I needed to, you know, put a time mm. limit on meditation. That's nice. Yeah, you I know, think going to analog is always great. Yeah, I yeah I, mm. I think what you say, Bill, is about that. Uh, you know, I, I feel like it might even be a little niche market where you could have a little product that was just a meditation timer, <laughs> but would also kind of record yes. uh, your sessions. Sorely missing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Someone make a Kickstarter. Yeah. This, yeah. This together. Maybe we should make a Kickstarter, guys. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I also had some, yeah, just like other general, yeah, bit like tips for getting started, but um well, one of them that's you, you know i don't know how people will relate to the word uh setting up a shrine but it doesn't you know you don't have to use that word yeah. but just a basic space that it's kind of like, okay this is like a space that you set up and it's where you meditate um and yeah. you know maybe it's like in the corner of your room and you just have a cushion in that corner maybe with like a candle or something and just having that formal kind of space can can be quite helpful uh as a visual mm. cue to to meditate mm. definitely yeah yeah like you say just just a cushion that you tend to only use for that can make a big difference i find i also like the idea of um post-it notes um and it's more on the uh micro practice where as we were saying before, like just, you know, the cue to, to remember to do it alongside a habit. So if it's when you're brushing your teeth, maybe you've got it on your bathroom mirror. Um, the small visual cues just allow you to go, oh, yeah, I remember again. And yeah. that particularly at the start can be so helpful. Yeah, there, there's also... Um there was that uh, mindfulness in schools project called um, dot B and they had this, yes. yeah, they had this, I, I don't, yeah, I never actually tried it with when I was teaching mindfulness in schools. Uh, I never actually tried this part, but they, they had this thing where they would encourage the teenagers to text each other uh, like a dot and then a B. And so the dot, you know, would signify pause and the B uh, would mean breathe and they would just encourage the team like yeah the, the students to basically randomly text each other this uh sort of <laughs> symbol phrase uh as a just a random mindfulness reminder for each other uh so something like that could be quite interesting this mix of like a buddy accountability uh making it a bit more social has yes. yeah has benefits for sure I, Interesting one, isn't it? You know, in reading a few different meditation books more recently, they do talk about how, like, having a sangha, you know, like whether it's as formal as a sangha or not, but being What's a sangha, Jasmine. Um, how I like to think of it is um, people who you meditate with, or within a similar community, but it's a Buddhist term. Yes. Yeah. Um, and when you have a community, like those who are starting something at the same time as you, that can be really encouraging. So then you can speak about, you know, oh, this is what I experienced and like this meditation was so cool or like, oh, like I've been really struggling and that's like challenging for me. Can like, yeah. can anyone lend any thoughts on that? Um, and I think I would like to extend that more. Like, I, I think that's, something which I, I didn't have when I first started um, and I was very private with my practice so um, I could definitely see the benefits of when I have had that opportunity it's been wonderful yeah yeah totally agree 
And I think you might be coming from a similar space, right, Bill? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's generally been, for for me, one or two friends who I'm very close with over the years. And we we basically just compared notes on on practice as as we, we went. And that is... It's just amazingly useful. I mean, we, you know, these these conversations have been great for me, uh, in general, and other like offline chats we've we've both had. Uh, I, I'm also in touch with my brother regularly, who also started in the Goenka tradition, and um, yeah, we we swap notes on practice regularly. He's actually the guy who got me into uh, Daniel Ingram and all the other stuff in the past year or so. So mm-hmm. a, a big influence on me. And how about you, Liam? Yeah, I mean, I think um, early, early on, I, I actually, you know, they have this, there's this phrase, I think it even comes from Shenzhen Young, where he says, uh, oh no, it's a medical phrase. Anyway, so, 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 do, to, something <laughs> like that, right? So, see one, do one, teach one. Uh, so, I, I, I definitely mm. tried to embody that in the beginning when I was first. Yeah, because I, I went on my first 10-day retreat, the Guenka one. And then only a few weeks later, I I ran like a one-day uh, sort of beginner's mindfulness retreat. And and I think the idea for me then was it wasn't, yeah, I wasn't trying to become like a teacher. I was just trying to uh, share the practice. But in sharing the practice, mm. it really kind of solidified my motivation for continuing the practice. Mm. um and it yeah and it also just made it social it kind of suddenly i had all these people i could now meditate with um and bring yeah i think there's there's something about bringing meditation uh into a social setting so that it just becomes much more common um you know like when i when i go and see um like when I hang out with my girlfriend, we'll we'll usually just have a meditation together before we have like a dinner, like before we eat dinner or something like that. And it, it's just become mm-hmm. this sort of, um, yeah, just very integrated part of our lives. And and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people kind of do appreciate that if you just bring that up, like, oh, maybe let's just take a few, like a minute before we... Uh, like kind of converse to kind of settle and ground and be present. Um, those, yeah, mm. those kinds of simple things are, are quite helpful. Hey, we should start doing that at the start of the podcast, Jasmine. Actually, I do. I, that is one of the like grounding practices for like my business and um, people yeah. who are working with me, just having the one minute to settle is just a fundamental part that, I just couldn't take out. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Let's 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 do that next episode. I mean I kinda did before this this call, but like <laughs> it'd be good to make it a formal part of it. Yeah. And I think even doing it at the end also just wraps it up pretty nicely too. Mm. That's a great idea. I wonder, Liam, could you could you lead us perhaps in a in a kind of wrapping up the session? <laughs> um mini meditation uh sure yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> i love i love um, how we continuously put Liam on the spot and he's like yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> it's because we don't get a lot of time with you Liam. that's why <laughs> i know i know we want to hear more from you it's but only out of kindness that, though let's <laughs> let's give you space to um yeah introduce any any anything else any final topics uh, or or links or whatever you want to you want to share with the audience. Um, well, I, I think Jasmine was kind of hitting on that earlier with the uh, insight timer, but um, but I, yeah, I would emphasize to if you are you know just getting started with the practice to to try and find a teacher because um, mm. there is a just an enormous amount of different. Uh, resources online nowadays and and people mm. definitely come from different points of view so if you're just kind of like jumping from like 
yeah, like people use the same words to sometimes mean the complete different things. And so it's just helpful mm. to, if you just find one teacher who you resonate with, you kind of understand their language, and then you just learn how they use the language so that when they speak, you, you understand what it means. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, because I think, yeah, it's so easy to, to get lost in all the different debates about uh, different, yeah, practices versus this practice. And yeah, mm. I think just... Yeah, whether it's like you find someone on Insight Timer and then you just, you look up their name, you subscribe to their blog and you just listen to more of their recordings or yeah, some yeah. some other way yeah. to find a teacher. I love yeah, that. Just keep, totally keeping it that. simple to start. Yeah, find something that you like and dig in. Yeah. Just make sure that they're not asking for too much of your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> a good indicator sometimes mm. and um on that note what what would you say about like it's such a common path in so many people i talk to who've got deep into meditation have said oh yeah it was via a goenka vipassana retreat what what would you be your advice uh about approaching that particular tradition uh yeah i mean if people like the sound of 10 days of silence uh, or they just want to try mm. it, I, yeah, I mean, I, I mm. would, I would highly recommend um, at least having the experience of it. Um, yeah. I don't think everyone is going to resonate with the style um, yeah. or the approach, but um, yeah, but I think, I think they, they, they feel like experiences uh, that are just useful to have. But even not in that tradition, um, just going away on retreat is is very useful. Uh, there, are, yeah, there yeah. are many, yeah, many sort of options that people can can explore, and they, yeah, they range from like more secular retreats to yeah, like the mindfulness uh, MBSR kind of courses that you can do mm. um, yeah. to the more yeah, like fully Buddhist uh, retreats um, in the different traditions or. Uh, you know, I, I even think there are like Christian contemplative retreats that you can probably find. Yes. So yes, the, yeah, there's sure. a there's a whole range really, but some retreat practice uh, definitely is is very different from just everyday practice. There's, there's yeah, there's definitely a, a quality yeah. that's very unique. Anything you'd add to that, Jasmine? Only that retreats make, um, that's what, that's often what you're there for. And it makes the time that you have quite special. Um, and it's not even to say you have to go to formal, um, meditation retreats too. There are many others which kind of are like holiday experiences and yeah. they have dedicated sessions where people will guide you through different things, whether it's like movement based um, practices or, uh, you know, even just like painting, uh, like art, uh, meditation and stuff like that. So just be open to exploring what there is available and just get curious and excited by it. There's so many possibilities now. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I mean, a final sort of question on that would be, you know, just the other day I was chatting to someone who was thinking about going on her first uh, Goenka Vipassana retreat, what would you say to her? Um, I can go first. Um, I might say just be, if you do want to complete the entire schedule as it is, just be prepared that it will be very challenging. Um, yeah. Maybe build up to it in terms of uh, seeing if you can um, meditate up to an hour, uh, going from, you know, even just one hour of preparation daily to 10 hours, which is the full schedule is yeah. significantly, um, much harder. And yeah. I would say be easy on yourself, but just try to make the most out of it because that's what I guess you're there for. Mm. It's mm. very challenging though, I would say. So, mm. 
just mentally prepare. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I, I would just say probably not to not to get too caught up with the way they might approach how they teach the practice uh, and to just, mm. yeah, to kind of just be, to just, yeah, you know, make the most of the, the space uh, and I guess mm-hmm. kind of stay in a state of, of gratitude rather than critiquing uh, because the, the, <laughs> yes. the, the critiquing mind can be, you know, it can be valid. It can definitely be valid, but it's, I don't think it's necessarily helpful for just the, for what, what you can stand to learn from being in a space mm. like that. Um, yeah. I completely agree. Being open-minded is key. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say that. And it, if you're going to do it, know that it will be really, really, and my experience is if it were, it's very hardcore approach. Mm. Uh, take it with a, a pinch of salt and um, go easy on yourself would be my thoughts on that because it's very easy to kind of get hypercritical. It's, it's, all, it's all presented in a bit of a kind of life and death, saving the world, um, master yourself kind of <laughs> thing. Well, yeah. And it, yeah. Go, go ahead. Uh, I mean, it, it is like they take it seriously. Uh, and um, I think when you go into it knowing like the attitude that they have around mm. it will be helpful for you to be like, okay, well, this is exactly what I signed up to. Um, and trying to be there and to appreciate that opportunity that someone else has given you as best yeah. as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Well, there's so many ways in to meditation. You don't have to go on a go and go retreat. <laughs> Final thought. Lots of lots of more gentle retreats out there as well. Uh, so explore your options. I would, I guess, I would say. Yeah, and actually, if if you if you're in London or you're kind of UK based, um, I have occasionally like run just like really informal retreats, uh, like at someone's like uh like a little holiday cottage or something like that, or someone mm. has a spare sort of uh house and they want to use it for the weekend or for a whole week so yeah mm-hmm. get in touch sometimes i'm organizing this it's quite sporadic at the moment but for something more informal yes uh, and during lockdown I'm, I'm i'm sure when the next one might be <laughs> yeah well i would definitely be up for, for joining in one of those as well mm. when, as and when we get out of this uh pandemic yes great mm. so liam take it away <laughs> yeah i mean these are normally just you know like a minute long so probably not that much talking on my side but um but yeah <laughs> yeah it could be nice to just yeah take a minute and i guess um yeah it would be nice maybe to just sit in in gratitude for um yeah for the both of you and for the space and uh I guess also for the for the practice, and um, I guess yeah, just kind of generally holding the thought of um, having whatever's been shared here to to be of some benefit to to others who may come across it. Um, so yeah, we can just take a minute in silence and and maybe hold that intention. But Liam, I'm so uncomfortable in this chair. Sorry, say, say that again. You can definitely get comfortable. I, I'm so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 okay? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bill, for. But, but yeah, yeah. Just generally, yeah, sitting comfortably. You can keep your eyes open or closed. Whatever is more comfortable. And then, yeah, we'll just take a minute. What do I do, Liam? <laughs> <laughs> Do, do you actually want me to guide a, like a whole meditation? Because, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, come on. This is for getting started, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I guess for, for just for this one, um, you just, yeah, you can think of, we can do like a sort of a semi-loving kindness practice. Um, 
if you just right. bring up uh, the faces of, of two people uh, that you care about and just send them warm wishes, uh, just wishing them well, uh, wishing them happiness, essentially. Uh, for, yeah, just for a few seconds. And then, you know, if the image falls away, then you can just bring it back up again. Yeah, so you might just be thinking thinking these happy thoughts towards them or you might actually just be feeling something from the from the heart space and sending that feeling towards these two people. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Liam. Was that good enough, Bill? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for everyone today for listening and for you guys for being on. Thank you, Liam, for joining us. And we hope to have you on another session very soon. Liam, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I have a, a seldomly updated blog, uh, liamchai.com. Yeah, I guess we can add that on the show links uh, at yeah. the bottom. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, it would be cool. We can have another sort of themed show, I guess quite nice to have yeah. a theme and a question to answer yeah yeah awesome wonderful Jasmine any final thoughts oh I thought we were, would already have cut by now um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that silence was for cussing um, anyway uh, let's, probably was, uh, probably yeah. was. um <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was fun. I liked it, um, and I think an hour was it hour fifty. Uh, basically, like an hour was. Um, yeah, it's good. It's is good. a is a good length of time. Yeah. Um, awesome. The only thing I would say is um, a, a tiny thing is um, lots of ums going around. Oh yeah, yeah. Lots of ums. We're all about the ums. Yeah. I can edit out some ums. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a meditation practice of its I own. think it is, to be honest. Yeah, that's learning not to say um. That's a nice one too. Yeah. <laughs> what did you say, Liam? Oh I just said that's a nice one to practice. Yeah. That's, that's... Um mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> Some really All nice right. ideas. I really liked our like uh, that Kickstarter idea that came up. Oh, it would be cool. It's such a big project, though. Oh my god! <laughs> what with a little timer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know people who've done Kickstarter. I mean, making the product would be hard, but even even just running the Kickstarter would be. It's such an intense, huge thing to do. Oh mm. right. Um, yeah, it would be awesome. Yeah, it's a good idea, though. I think right. 
It's, I think that's a really great idea, you actually. Just have, yeah, like something that looks really, um, yeah, like that has the same feeling of like one of those Tibetan bowls, singing bowls. It's mm. got that sort of classic, mm. uh, just uh, what's, I don't know what the word is, kind of ancient, nostalgic look to it. Yeah. And then it has, yeah. Uh, but it's kind of small and it's portable and you can just and it and it, it still has a way to log like your meditation sessions yeah. perhaps um yeah 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 but yeah i don't know how yeah how do how that works yeah how do you i can well, ask some techies on it yeah yeah definitely i'm, I'm into the idea i mean it, it's it's a product i want yeah yeah i mean no for sure me too <laughs> i i would definitely use that actually because i've had the same yeah, because I, I don't know about the two of you, but sometimes my insight timer can take like a really long time to load up. And um, yeah, just that, like that I few agree. seconds uh, yeah. can, you know, and, and I'm just waiting on my phone, right? And I'm, I'm like, oh, maybe maybe I'll just quickly look at my messages. You know, just that, that 10 oh, seconds yeah. can be a, a real sort of uh, devastating moment. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, the killers, man, the killers. <laughs> it's a deterrent for sure yeah uh thanks so much I, i'm gonna get 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 on with my working day it's been such a pleasure really thank you so much both yeah thank you both yes let's catch up soon yeah let's do this again okay uh, <laughs> bye, bye bye waving waving <laughs> bye guys have a nice day soon. you too